When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, please don't tell anyone pod or TikTok account. She's like, these people are powerful people. They have deep pockets and they'll blackmail you. And this is why I wouldn't want to come out with this information. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go on blind to all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand, just like you. I worked at a nonprofit that did a lot of fraudulent activity and has been up and running for the past two decades. I was involved in the fraudulent activity unknowingly, and I found a lot of disturbing things that were going on, such as sexual assault, harassment, blackmail, and misuse of public funds, government funds, and COVID relief funds. So when I read your submission, I messaged you right away. I have so many questions, and I know everyone will be so interested in this story. Why don't you just take us back to where you feel it begins, and I'll jump in and ask questions. Sure. So basically, um, where did it start? So I graduated high school um, in 2020, and this was um, right when COVID started. So instead of graduating, when I was supposed to graduate, we technically graduated earlier. And then actually, the organization that um, that I worked for, I, I interned for them when I was 16, and then I worked for them uh, for like probably three, four months. And then I started working for them again when I was 18 after I graduated high school. And everything was fine. It was a great organization. Do you still work like, for them? No, I, I don't. Um, I, I don't work for them anymore. I um, stopped working for them, I would say, around last year. But when I first started working for them, everything was fine. It was a really dope organization. Like, they had a great mission. And we actually, like, did help people. The community was great. The staff was great um just overall everything was great it was like you know i was like 18 working in this dope organization at a nonprofit, helping people and i was getting paid for it too so it was amazing like in my eyes i just found everything amazing are you willing to say what type of nonprofit or like what kind of work uh let's just say um it was directly involved with the community okay um i don't want to go too uh into detail about what type of work it is because i don't want to expose the expose like myself and the yeah, organization just to avoid like i don't know like a lawsuit and whatnot because like the unfortunate thing is they do have deep pockets and it's not just the organization that has deep pockets it's the family itself that has deep pockets and um that's just something i don't want to deal with because it's not like i have five million dollars at my disposal to like yeah you know do a lawsuit and whatnot but as the months went on um i was exposed to a lot of things in the organization. I developed this sense of trust with 
the executives of the organization. And eventually they started giving me a lot of responsibilities um, that were out of my job description. And those responsibilities, bless you. Thank you. Those responsibilities, I guess the best way to say, say it is they started giving me responsibilities that were on an executive level. So there were documents that I probably shouldn't have seen. There were budgets that I was able to look at and I think they had this um, expectation for me to basically, you know, just because like they, they also do make you sign a document. I, I don't know if it's like an NDA, but it's a document saying that whatever goes on in the organization is confidential and mm-hmm. you have to keep it to yourself and you cannot speak about this to anyone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I had to sign that like when I started working there when I was 18. But basically, as, as the months went on, so I would say like half a year into the job, I was actually able to like get a like a, a good look at like the, the financials, specifically for the department that I was working in. I, I was able to get a good look at the people, the staff that worked there and, you know, management and whatnot. And up until this I, point, you would have no inkling that negative things would be happening. Like your thoughts of these people were high. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did not think anything negative was happening. Like I was always in the back of my head, I, w- I would always have a little suspicion, but, um, I wouldn't think too much of it because everything was just legitimate saying and it is legitimate. It's just a lot of some practices within the organization were not legitimate and could cause them to get in deep trouble. Uh, and also to mention, they, they do have connections with the NYPD, like the executives have connections with the mayor, um, Eric Adams. Eric Adams actually came by to the organization, to the executives. Um, they had connections with Mayor Bloomberg, uh, de Blasio, just a lot of like political people it's fair to say like one of the biggest reasons that you're anonymous and one of the biggest reasons that people don't publicly come forward with stories like this is you're then the whistleblower you know and that's a very scary position to be in so i just want to thank you for coming on this and for being anonymous and you know but i think it's a really sad world we live in that ultimately you can't say the name of it and take it down that it is so politicized it is sad but at the same time like i'm young and um, I'm not in the position that a lot of other people are in. So like, for example, um, one of my colleagues that worked there, she worked within the, let's say the school department and she worked mm-hmm. with kids primarily. Mm-hmm. And she's, um, she actually like, like showed me her, her financials for that specific department. And um, what ended up happening, like she, she told me some shit that was a little scary. She's like, these people are powerful people they have deep pockets and they'll blackmail you. And like, this is why I wouldn't like want to come out with this information. And she was just yeah. telling me, she's like, I want to show you this so you're aware of what this organization does and how they operate and how much shady shit is actually going on. Why don't you take us to the moment that it went from, this is a totally kosher great thing to, uh oh, something's wrong here. So uh, my supervisor, uh, what ended up happening was um, he basically put me on and he was telling me about the sexual harassment claims that one of the executives had and the sexual harassment charges were actually dropped. Um, and I actually did have a close relationship with that executive. Uh, it was a close relationship at work and I was, I would say, somewhat a close relationship outside of work. By, like he would ask me to get drugs for him and I would get drugs for him and it, would, it was it would be like anywhere from like Xanax to like to like mushrooms LSD Molly whatever 
And this was uh, an executive in the organization who was seen highly by yeah. the public. Yeah, pretty much. Um, much older than me. And I didn't mind. Like, you know, he seemed pretty nice to me. Um, so I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. Like, I'll get it for you. It's not a problem. But I later on, like, I found out that he um, he had sexual harassment charges um, against him. And he also, like, personally told me a lot of things, like, when the office wasn't in session and the offices closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had sex. Like, it was pretty disgusting. Like, he had sex where, like, on the desk where people worked. Yeah. I, I wish he didn't tell me that. Because I was like, bro, like, like I fucking work here. This is my desk. He's like, no, don't worry. This was, like, a long time ago. And I was like, okay. I mean, still doesn't were the, make sense. Were the charges uh, followed through with or were they pushed they under were the dropped. rug? They were dropped. Yeah, they do were pushed know, under the rug. Do you know yeah. what the charges were? No, but um, I all I know is it has to do with, like, sexual harassment. And um, the coworker that did file the charges, I do, I do know that person. Were they fired? I think they were terminated, but it was very, like, secretive. Um, she didn't speak about it. No one at the organization spoke about it. But I'm assuming that they were terminated because that person just left without any notice. But that that's something that um, I was exposed to. And I guess that was the earlier, like, one of the earlier things that I was exposed to. And the thing is... Um, like, I knew something um, happened with an executive. I just didn't know which executive, and I didn't know if it was a true story until my supervisor confirmed it for me. Yeah. So that that's one of, like, the earlier things. And then later on down the line, it's a very nepotistic organization, the best way to put, put it. And I don't know if that exposes me completely or not when I say that. Maybe, like... I don't think so. I, I have no idea what organization you're talking about or anything from you Okay. Said. A lot of the things is, like, on a family hierarchy. The family runs the show, basically. So, you know, um, like, uh, I would say that the CEO is very hardworking and respectful and deserving of his success. Mm-hmm. But what I have to say is I think the organization has gotten too big for his control. And there's a lot of things that you can't manage and oversee. So whatever, like, activity was going on, I wouldn't say it's directly a result of the CEO. I would say it's just poor management, like, yeah, really shitty. Yeah, cracks. Yeah, it's just shitty management and just poor decisions by the executives. So with the financial fraud, um, a lot of it went down to, you know, things like, for example, paying for personal flights. A lot of businesses do this. Like, they'll get a car under the company name and they'll use it for personal use. You know, even though that's not, like, the worst of things, like, that's something that they were doing. Yeah. Was this things you were seeing in the—how did you start finding this out? So, a lot of it was through, like, just talking with the executives themselves. Oh, and they were just spilling it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like they were open about it. They're like, yeah, this is what we do. And it's like they were trying to teach me something. Like, I I get it. Like, okay— yeah, it's just cool, but some of the things that you you're doing isn't cool. And a lot of the things, like some things that I found out that were actually like really illegal on a federal level, that's that's the stuff I found out by myself. So whatever I just mentioned, like you know, just using like company funds to buy a, a car for yourself or paying for like flights, you know, overusing your vacation time. Let's say you had like two weeks paid time off instead of two weeks, you take four weeks, and you still get those, you still get paid for those extra two weeks off. And they would just label it as quote unquote remote work. So they would get paid for those like extra weeks. And these were all executives who were able to do this because there was no one to manage the executives. They managed themselves. 
Yeah. But when I started finding out, um, like a lot of the the deeper stuff that was going on, that's when I was like, okay, that's that's really messed up. Considering there's actual people who like worked really hard to get to where they're at within the organization, and they're just being treated like shit, while the executives get a free pass because they're family, and they don't really have to worry about you know money or like finances or even having a job secured for them, because the job is there because it's a family-run organization and family's always gonna help out family. So I guess it would start um, when um, the school director showed me the New York, New York City Department of Education budget and she showed me exactly who was getting paid and who was getting paid what amount. And what ended up happening was um, the CEO's, um, let's say the CEO's uh, child worked at the organization. I don't know if child is like a fitting word. It would like the person was a grown adult. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, I get it. That that person um it wasn't worked... child labor <laughs> no 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 it wasn't child labor but that person worked at the organization and she had a a decent salary like it was okay but the fact is when the new york city department of education gives the budgets out the the nonprofit itself has to like have like a plan for the budget like how many staff is needed how many teachers assistants are needed how many like teachers are needed so within the budget there was enough uh, room for five staff. What actually ended up happening was for a classroom of, I think, 15 kids, they only had two staff, which was one teacher and one TA. Mm -hmm. And I had the question, what happened to the other yeah. three staff? Where is the money going? The other three staff were family members. They didn't come into work a single day, but they were getting paid. They were getting paid their whole salary. The nonprofit knew what they were doing. The executives within the nonprofit employed their own family members and paid them yearly salaries for not one year but year like just year yeah. after year after year and i don't know exactly how many years but i wouldn't be surprised if it's like around three or more than three years so not only is it fraudulent financially but also isn't it that the kids who are actually what the nonprofit are you know the money's going to they're negatively affected because they don't have the staff that they could or the support that they could in the school like if you're really supposed to have five teachers or staff members helping kids and you only have two there's a lot of kids going without support or am i wrong about that what you're saying is right but i wouldn't say that the kids were treated poorly or the kids weren't receiving all the help that they needed okay. um i like whatever like teacher was there and the ta was there they did a phenomenal job oh i'm like, sure really, i'm sure yeah they, no. they really busted their asses to to help out the students. But what you're saying is 100% right. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, with, with they're, they're supposed to have that staff exactly. to help out the kids even more. All I'm saying um, is, uh, realistically, the more hands, the better for kids. And they're taking away hands for kids and just putting money in pockets. Yeah. And also what really bothered me was these are public funds. This is the New York City like Department of Education. So, like, the, what the family did was instead of hiring, like, actual people that are qualified and have certifications and went through school and God knows how much debt, instead of hiring those people who actually deserve the position, they hired their own family members who, who don't have those qualifications. Yeah. And they gave them salaries, like, 50, 60K yearly, and those people did not have to come into work a single day, a single day. I just want to be clear. You just said the New York... Uh, city department of education that's not the organization we're talking about that's the no department of education we're talking about a separate nonprofit yeah. that helps out uh 
sub subgroups of uh, New York City. Yep, and that nonprofit received funding from the New York City Department of Education, and they've been continuously receiving funding. To this day, they still receive funding. Like they, what they're doing um, is is like is smart. It's like they've been able to do this. Well, they've been up and running for the past twenty years. Um, I don't know how long they've been doing the fraudulent stuff for, uh-huh. but they've been able to like keep it under wraps and keep everything in like an orderly fashion. The organization itself gets audited eight times a year. And usually, you know, audits happen for a reason. But when an organization gets audited eight times a year, the organization has to be, like, really on top of their stuff. Like, and they can't mess around. They can't have, like, any discrepancies. But they were really smart about how they did it. So, like, the director for the school program, she um, she was aware about what was going on, about who was getting paid and who wasn't coming to work. But it's not like she could do anything about it. That person told me these people are powerful i don't even want to mess with them i just want to show you i just want to like show you these documents so you're aware and you know the type of people you're dealing with because she saw the type of work that they were putting on me i was like oh my god like i I, honestly at that point i'm like what do i do with this information like i i I personally don't know what to do i'm just here to like do my job and be out i want to have fun with my friends i don't want to worry about like a nonprofit doing financial fraud and then it also came down to the point where there were in-person inspections done by the new york city department of education and when they were looking for a specific staff member what ended up happening was they forged emails they made fraudulent emails um explaining that that staff member was currently out and she was like sick or something Mm -hmm. so yeah let me ask you this, because you're absolutely right. This is some heavy shit that we're talking about right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this episode will go out, and who knows what hands it'll get into, et cetera. But, you know, I, I have two questions for you right now that I feel like some people are going to be asking. One, why should we believe this person? Which I, I, I believe you, I 100% do. But I want to ask you, is there proof to all of this somewhere? Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot of proof. Um, my supervisor and his friend, um, uh, which was also my colleague, they uh, collected a bunch of evidence um, all the way down from payroll because what ended up happening was uh, they cut my supervisor's position from salary to hourly. And that person has a, a degree from a really prestigious university. He went through, God knows, um, just like how much schooling just to get to like this specific position. And that person was still not being compensated fairly. And the reason they cut that person's position from salary to hourly was apparently um, that person wasn't meeting the, the, the hourly requirements for the week for a salary position. Mm-hmm. So um, the hourly requirements was you have to do a minimum of 35 hours per week. But it was all a bunch of bullshit. The executives, they would only come into work one or two days a week. The rest of the week, they would not even be in the office. They were saying they were doing remote work, but they were not accessible. They weren't actually doing any remote work. They would be in, like, some people would go on vacation. Some people would do God knows what. And you're saying your friends all have evidence of this in paperwork? Yeah, like pictures and stuff. And um, wow. the executives, they were able to, like, really get away with, like, you know, all that stuff just because they were executives and no one was managing them. And they were able to keep their salary positions, even though they didn't meet the 35 hours per week. And that's because no one is managing them. Yeah. So they came into work, like, once or twice a week. And the rest of the days, they would just be out while my supervisor got really got treated very unfairly. And, you know, if you're going from a 60K salary all the way to making like 40,000, that's that's a big impact. You know, that affects rent, that affects 
you know, your loan payments, that affects your car payments. That person has to literally like do a whole 180 and figure out their life again. When you think about this organization and everything that you were learning at this point in time, is there one person who is at fault or are there a lot of people who are all in on this together? A lot of people are at fault. It has to do with uh, nepotism, greed of power, and really shitty management. Really, really shitty management because there's not like a single or group of people that over that like that actually look into what the executives are doing and and manage them because the executives they're the executives they're the ones yeah. that are managing their subordinates. But that that really got me upset. Not even upset. It got me annoyed. More so because I really respect my supervisor and just to see that person have to reevaluate their whole like path in life Mm -hmm. just due to a salary cut that they didn't deserve. It was absurd to me. I I didn't get that. Is your supervisor still working there? No, no. Interesting. And we'll get to, you know, kind of how you leave here in a second. But do you know how much funding this organization gets per year? I think they're up to five million now. They recently, yeah, they recently opened up new office. Well, they actually bought a new place, which is funny. It's called, um, well, I can't say what it's what it is, but let's just say it's for, uh, let's just say it's a daycare. Mm-hmm. They renovated it. There's nothing going on in there. It's it's empty. It's like there's no activity. There's there's no people. There's absolutely nothing so going on in there. So why did they do that? Um, it's to expand the the nonprofit. And I'm sure they're going to have, like, activities and things going on in there. But it's been, like, over a year and a half and still nothing's going on there. Yeah. I heard that what they're doing there right now is they're renovating and they're using the kitchen for one of their programs. Mm -hmm. So I guess they're doing some work there, but for the daycare part, I don't really see much of a daycare. Let me ask you this about your submission. Sure. Why are you doing this? Why are you saying all this? Do you want this organization taken down? Do you want someone to read between the lines here and figure this out? Believe me, if if I had like millions of dollars at my disposal, I would actually bring it upon myself. Like I I would put my okay. name out there and try whatever I can not to take it down, but to um yeah, I, I can't think of the right word, but what I'm trying to say is I would want the organization to be revamped so it's, like, functioning and legal and every, they're following it, everything by the book. That's it. Yeah. I don't want to take down an organization that serves, like, 20,000, 30,000 people per month in the community because yeah. that affects the community as well. And the community is the main part. That's, like, what we're here for. Yeah, that's why um, you got into all this. Yeah, exactly. That, that's not my intention. That was never my intention to take down an organization. Your intention, though, is to restructure it and get it back to the roots of what you joined yes. it, which that, help people. That's the right word, restructure, yes. Thank you. Okay, of course. All right, so in your submission, the word blackmail. Do you know of any blackmail? Personally, no. And the reason I mentioned blackmail is because uh, the director for the school mentioned blackmail to me, okay. and I wouldn't be um, surprised. For example, um, if let's say this were to go out and someone sends this to the executive and they see my bright orange beanie and they're like, whoa, I know one kid that would always wear a bright orange beanie to work. The first thing that would happen is I'd receive a call on my phone and they would be like, hey, we recently saw this podcast and then legal notice. I would just get a legal notice or they would be like, we're going to take legal action or they're going to be like, okay, you have to remove all this or else we'll take legal action. That is blackmail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, of Well, I'm glad you're saying that now, what your fear is with it. Yeah. Is- all right. 
the next part of your submission, which I can't wrap my head around, COVID relief funds. What was happening there? So a lot of businesses during COVID were able to take advantage of the PPP loan program. And nonprofits weren't excluded from that. They were also able to take advantage. And the PPP loans were helpful. You know, it helped people secure their jobs. It helped people sustain whatever business they had. It's not helpful when, you know, a portion of those funds are allocated for things that are not for staff. So um, I don't know exactly what it was used for, but I do know that... um, whatever amount they got in the loans they didn't use all of it and i wish i like i really wish i could say which department i worked in because it would like it would make everything it would make more sense because the specific department i worked in uh, involved like helping the community like directly and there were times where my department was lacking funding for the month somehow we were lacking funding for the month but there were other departments that were flourishing so it, it really didn't make sense to me because our department was doing the most work and we were serving the most people at the time just due to um, COVID and how people lost their jobs. We were serving uh, about 30,000 people per month, more actually. And our department was the reason that the organization was able to get on CNN. Uh, we were on the New York Times. Like our department was the main reason that we were able to get our organization on the map of all these major networks. Like, they, they're the ones that reached out to us to actually document the help that we're doing for the community. And I, the shittiest part is the people that were actually doing the work did not get the credit. And I, I, this isn't, like, a, a hunt for credit or anything. I just think credit should be given where it's, like, deserved, where it's due. So, like, you know, like, people that did not even work outside or help a single client or even talk with a client directly, they were making these, like, like bold claims like oh yeah like you know we did all this we uh we we bring in all this stuff where like they would they would say things like i helped this person directly things like that like and we would just have to watch them from the sidelines and be like okay it's you didn't actually do any of the work you weren't here for the past two months why can't you just say hey these amazing staff you know, help these clients, help the community, and they've been busting their asses for the past, you know, year or so, instead of just taking all the credit. Like, it's just, that that shit did not make sense to me. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The, the COVID relief funds were mismanaged. You know, a portion of that was used for God knows what. But another part of that is um, the, the organization is funded uh, through various ways. So it's government funding, um, private funding from donors, and grants. Now, I would have to say uh, the terms or the contracts for the grants were violated. They were violated, um, you know, obviously without the grants, like the people who, the grantors, the people who gave the grants without the without them knowing. And then um, for government funding, um, those were also violated. Like New York City Department of Education funding is also government funding. 
Um, but they were violated in a way where it wasn't on paper. On paper, everything looked fine and A-OK, -okay. everything looked pristine. But then when you actually get down to the bare bones of it and you start looking at the people and the people that work and what's going on and the operations, you start to realize, hey, shouldn't we have enough funding for this? Why is this specific department lacking? Why is it understaffed? I thought we we're supposed to have enough funding to hire five more staff. How come that funding is all of a sudden gone? It did not make any sense. Like my specific department, we're supposed to have five more staff. And we did have the budget. I reviewed the budget. And all of a sudden, I was told that that budget is no longer there. And they had to make room for some other things. Were you and able I'm to like, track the money? No, I, I didn't have access to it because I'm not an executive. I like, they, it's so weird. They let me review it. And then all of a sudden, when I started asking them, I'm like, hey, can I start reaching out to people, you know, start doing interviews, start like, you know, getting people on board. They were like, oh, actually, we don't have enough room in the budget. Where did the money go? And they were like, oh, yeah, we had to move it around so could make sure that other departments are afloat. And I'm like, okay, that's not supposed to happen. The money was allocated for this department on the, on the actual, like, on the sheet where on the grant sheet, like it says, oh, the money has to be used on this, whether it be staffing, equipment, resources, like whatever it may be, it's supposed to be used for this specific department. So they're not really allowed to take money from one department and, and shuffle it around, you know, give it to another department, but that's what they did. And it's a lot easier to do because it's, it's like, you know, the money comes in and on paper, you could always just make it seem as if the money's yeah. going to the department, but in reality, it's going somewhere else. So yeah. that, that's what I mean when I say, you know, they, they were really, they were misusing government funds and public funds too. Like there were public donations that came in from people like you and I, and these people made those donations in hopes of impacting the community, benefiting the community. And I'm not saying that those donations weren't used for the community. Most probably were, but when one person manages a single account and that no one manages that person, God knows what, God knows how much money is being like shuffled out into their own pockets, which is not good. And then on top of that, um, let's just say Ali. Ali was working at the nonprofit and um, Ali was a licensed therapist. And what ended up happening was while she was working at the nonprofit, Ali used the space and her office at the nonprofit to hold private therapy sessions. And these private therapy sessions were directly benefiting her, Ali. And Ali um, was getting paid for these private therapy sessions while she was working at the nonprofit using the nonprofit space. On the clock. On the clock. Now, that's just, that's just not right. I don't know if that's legal. I just know that's not right. And, and she was allowed this through the nepotism of the organization because she was yeah, related to them? Correct, yeah. She was allowed this through the nepotism of the organization. She was able to do, she was getting paid for um, her nonprofit work or her position at the nonprofit, but at the same time, she really did anything, you know, like like nonprofit work related wise. But uh, she also, uh, like what I've noticed is a lot of the times in front of the door, there would be like session, uh, there's a session in place, please do not disturb. And eventually I found out that those sessions are private sessions that she held, private therapy sessions she would do on her laptop and um, she would get compensated directly for it. You weren't an executive. 
but you were in this middle grade where it seems like you were almost being groomed or trusted. If they're telling you all this stuff, if they're showing you these papers, if someone's saying, I'm having sex on the desk after work, it seemed like they wanted you to continue working there and were starting to trust you to stay quiet. That's true. Um, they did want me to continue working there. It was like an expectation was I would move up within the organization. I just I just finished my degree and I'm starting I'm starting school again in, in the fall. My bachelor's. I, I guess to be more clear, like I just finished my associates. Uh, I'm finishing it this spring and then I'm starting my bachelor's uh, this fall. But basically, well, they were under the expectation that I would be committed to the organization. And once I finish my schooling, they'd be able to move me up, you know, to a higher position. But I really did not like what they were doing. And I really did not appreciate what they did to my supervisor because that affected my supervisor's life. They had no respect, absolutely zero respect. I mean, there's also other things. It gets, it gets like, how do I say this? So, like, there's executives in other departments who are seniors and it gets to something as simple as they're homophobic and it's true because they are they they're not going to show it but when they when they talk to you like you can usually see that the people are homophobic and we did have people from you know like various backgrounds work at the organization and I, um, I actually supervised those people and they came up to me and they're like, hey, I feel uncomfortable. I don't think this person respects me because based off my sexuality, they, they think I'm this, they think I'm that. And I'm like, that's really messed up. And it would always be the senior executives because they always had that, that older mindset. So they didn't really like, they didn't like the new stuff. Just jumping back to this sexual harassment claim for a second. Was it a sexual assault or? I think harassment. You know it wasn't a. Okay. No, nah, I think it was harassment. It wasn't assault. Well, what I'm aware is that the charges were dropped. Um, I know both people that were involved in it. Um, they're doing fine now, but I really don't know if the person left or if the person got terminated. I'm assuming that person got terminated, not the executive, the person who got harassed. Got it. So what yeah. made you leave? Where, I mean, I know why you left, but did it go, did you just leave or how did that go down? Well, before I get to that, um, there, yeah. like, with the harassment part, the thing I forgot to mention, one of the executives, a lot of people say that that person grooms their employees. And the reason is because, well, I've noticed that person, whenever they have um, interns or, or staff working for them, they're usually a young woman. Mm-hmm. And... Like, I'm not talking like, they're like, they're like 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. And that person is up there in terms of age. And it'll be like disturbing things like um, that. I've heard that that person would work with uh, his or her employee late nights, like 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m. And I've heard it from both sides, the, the executive themselves and the person working for that executive. And the person working for that executive, I've spoken with them. And like we had, like we, I would say we were friends. And you know, when I spoke with them, they told me that everything was fine and they just worked those late hours. But it's really, really weird. Why would, do you have to work on an audit or, or something like something for the, for the nonprofit at, like really weird hours like like that person would tell me that they would work from like 10 p.m to like 4 a.m 
those are really weird hours for a nonprofit. And that person was like, yeah, I got to work those hours because of school. I'm like, it just it just didn't make sense to me. But um, I also knew that that person was going over to the executive's house to quote unquote do work. I'm not saying that they were doing these things, but it's not like they're going to straight up just tell me, oh, yeah, yeah, we were fucking. Like, they're, yeah. they're not going to say that. But that person was like, yeah, you know, I would do work. But the way they would say it, they'd be like, yeah, I would, I would go over to, to the house at night and, and do my work. Or I would just go over to the house. Like, why are you going to your executive's house at night? It just didn't make sense to me. Like, the executive's, like, double your age. What, what are you guys doing that's important at 1 a.m.? Yeah. It, it really didn't make sense to me. So there was a lot of shady shit going on with that. God knows what, but... Yeah, that's I'm something sure that was happening. I checked in with the person. The person told me that they were fine. And if they say they're fine, then okay, whatever. I, I hope they're fine. I, I don't know. Who, who knows? They like. I hope they're fine too. Yeah, exactly. I honestly, I don't know. I just hope you they're fine. You also never know what somebody will do to make you say you're fine. Exactly. That's exactly. That's, I think that's what I was trying to say. Like, you, you never yeah. know. Like, like what that other person is going through. So at, at the end of the day, I just, I just hope that person's fine. It's still happening to this day. Both of those people are still at the organization, the younger person yeah, both, and the older one? Yeah, both of those people are still at the organization. I know that they still work those late hours, those weird wow. late hours. It's weird. If you're working in tech, I get it, like, 12 a.m. to, like, like what, 8? Mm -hmm. But you're working at a nonprofit. Nonprofits are Monday through Friday from, like, 9 to 5. Yeah. No nonprofit works on a Saturday from from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. I've never heard of that. They actually have, like, I think specific operating hours for nonprofits. Like, you have to, like, work within, like, Monday through Friday within these hours. I'm not sure. It's just weird. I've never heard of anyone working, like, like midnight for a nonprofit organization. So when did you leave? Last year. So they cleaned house. We knew it was coming, and it's because we were starting to find out how corrupt the organization is and how dysfunctional it is. And the staff and I, like, we were under the assumption we're going to get terminated. And they were... Okay, so I guess before that, what happened was my supervisor had left. She was forced out. And it was really strategic. They did it, and they cut her salary. They, they made it... They gave, they gave that person a really hard time, just a really hard time, you know? Like, no one listened to that person, no one negotiated with that person, and that person was leagues above the executives. Like, the executives did not have the qualifications that that person had. That person went through school and had some amazing qualifications. But basically, they cut that person's salary from, from like, 60 to hourly, to, which is, like, yeah. 35, 40, yeah. You said that yeah. they basically became un able to live with it exactly so that person had to leave and then we were in the state of limbo where we did not have a supervisor for two months but the funniest thing is we did end up getting a new supervisor and you can't believe it the supervisor was a relative of one of the executives like wow who would have thought and that supervisor was an asshole i i hated him i really did hate him i have no respect for him he was terrible he was misogynistic, and he also had this mentality like, oh, I'm your supervisor. What ended up happening was none of the staff and I agreed with him. We didn't see eye to eye on things. We knew he was a shitty supervisor. We knew um, he had no real qualifications, absolutely zero, bare zero qualifications. His resume looked like pure shit. Like his resume wasn't even spelled correctly. 
And we were like, yo, how the fuck did you get the job? And then we find out because it's, it's, he's, he's like the cousin of one of the executives. That's how he got the job. Eventually, um, we didn't like listen to the supervisor. If the supervisor disrespected us, we're not going to listen to him. So we started staffing out. We're doing things on our own terms. And we, that's what we were doing for the past two months, three months, when before we even got the new supervisor, we were running everything. Everything was fine. The staff was managing the budgets. The staff was running the, like, the, the, the program. The staff was doing everything that they were supposed to do. Um, and then this new supervisor comes in and acts like, oh, he's responsible for making sure that the, the, the program is running efficiently and everything's fine. He was trying to take credit for all of it. And then it came down to a point where we would have meetings. It was really stupid meetings. We'd have a meeting with our supervisor and one of the executives from the organization. It would be like a meeting to, to resolve things. Nothing was ever resolved. And so did he, he then just fire all you? So it was a process. He started writing us up for bullshit. I got written up for insubordination. And I got written up for time fraud. Oh, yeah. Did you do those things? No. I, I didn't do a single one of those things. And it really got me tight because I couldn't defend myself. I wrote a letter. I wrote an appeal. I'm like, listen, like this is not true. And on top of that, they, um, they had me for conspiring against the organization. Was there Which, HR? Our HR department was paychecks. It's an online program. An organization with over 50 plus employees doesn't have a, like a actual HR department. They don't have like a HR office, which was absurd. I, I even told that. I told that to the exec. I'm like, yo, this is absurd. Your organization has over this many fucking employees and you don't have a real HR department. You're telling me you don't have two people sitting in an office that can handle HR claims. They're like, no, we have an a, a online HR program and it's a HR program with this uh, company called Paychex. And guess what? When I asked, I asked, can I please directly reach out to HR and talk to them? Those people were like, no, only we can reach out to them. That doesn't make sense. You're telling me uh, not a single member of, of, not a single staff member of the organization can reach out to HR. And you're telling me the only people that can reach out to HR is ex are the executives? Now, that is suspicious. That's really fishy. That makes no sense to me. And um, the executive that terminated me, they basically said that they had uh, audio recording of me. Now, at the time, I was not aware that if someone were to record your audio without your consent, that's illegal. Mm -hmm. And I, I kick myself every day for this because I wish I was more informed about this. But when she told me that, I really could have, I really could have just caught her off guard. But that's what she told me. She was like, "Yes." What was the audio uh, recording? They had, quote unquote, an audio recording of me conspiring against the organization, and it was bullshit. They didn't have a single audio recording, and I don't know. Why I felt I felt like a little bitch, cause I was like, holy shit, cause all those thoughts started coming to me. Like, yeah, that that director was like, yo, don't fuck with these people, they'll blackmail you, this and that. I was like, holy shit, this is really happening, right? And when she said that to me, and I was like, I asked for the evidence too. I'm like, can you please play it? That person said no. And I was so stupid. There's a reason they said no. It's because they don't have any evidence. They don't have any audio recordings and it's illegal for them to even record any audio. So like that got me upset. Like when I think back about it, like back to it, you know, I, I was just like, bro, you did, like I could have been more informed about it, but I wasn't. And I let that shit slide. 
And it was just, it's, it's disturbing the way that they manipulate you. Like I'm young, I'm 20 years old and they took advantage of that. They knew that I'm not going to know everything. And they just took full on advantage and they, they just like, she got me on all these things and I couldn't reach out directly to HR because there was no real HR department. It's an online company. And even if it's an online company, I can't speak with them. And then eventually my supervisor came up to me and was like, I, I was in the office. He's like, can't be on the premises anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you're terminated. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you're terminated. And then he was like, you have to meet with uh, one of the other executives. I met with the other executive, the one that said they had an audio recording of me. And uh, that person just handed me my termination letter. I was like, yo, all of this shit is bullshit. All of it is false. I'm not going to sign this. He's like, it's cool. You don't have to sign it. I was like, all right. That was that. When and was that? That was last year. I was, uh, let's say, uh, August of 2022. And do you still have friends that are working there? No, um, they actually got terminated after me. It was, like I said, the organization cleaned house. because so they realized a lot of the staff was... Catching on, yeah. yeah, to a lot of the bullshit that was going on, the fraud, the corruption, mismanagement, the nepotism, all of it. And uh, they started cleaning house one by one. They started finding little things to pick up people for, and they started making things up. And the thing is, you know, they can make up whatever they want, and the ex- it's the executive's word over the subordinates, the executive, whatever the executive says will go, and whatever the executive says will automatically be assumed as the truth. So the staff members, um, my colleagues, my coworkers, who got terminated, uh, they got terminated with no real reason. Um, it was just a bunch of bullshit, false reasons that were listed for termination. Um, they weren't able to fight it. They weren't able to appeal. They weren't able to go to HR because there is no HR. It was just kind of a one and done deal. Like, okay, we have you on here. Like they actually accused one of my coworkers for sexual harassment which is absurd because that's on an official termination letter. And now imagine if that person were to file for unemployment and they that unemployment like, sees that termination letter, they're going to be like, why the fuck do you have sexual harassment? And it really bugged me because that person is my age. He didn't sexually harass anyone. And if that were to affect him in the future, I would be pissed. Yeah. Because... Holy shit, you're not affecting, you're affecting someone's life. You're affecting their career over a false claim. But yeah, they just started picking at bullshit reasons and they terminated uh, everyone one by one. Like, let's say they terminated someone today, they would terminate someone a few weeks later. So within the span of two months, um, everyone got terminated from the original staff and they cleaned house and then they, um, they got new staff. Let me ask you this. You know, you're anonymous right now because you said, you know, if you had $10 million to defend yourself, you would... You yeah, would be the whistleblower totally. with the face totally. 100%. If someone listens to this, like a big lawyer or something, would want to take you on pro bono, you really, you, you 100% are not afraid of what they have on you. Like you feel like you have more on them. I wouldn't want to be involved in it. Because, like, there is evidence. Like, against I would have to read. No, no, no. There isn't evidence against me. There's actually zero evidence against me because yeah, I didn't that, do anything Yeah, that's my question wrong. is you're yeah. not afraid of what they have on you. Yeah, I'm not afraid at all. I'm just afraid of them falsifying documents because that's what they do. They falsify shit. Yeah. And they're powerful. It's like, that's the truth. They're, they're powerful. They have deep pockets. They have connections to NYPD. They have connections of all these political people. 
they know what they're doing. That's yeah. why they've been able to do it for so long. I'm interested to see what happens with this interview. And uh, I'm just so grateful for you coming on and, and yeah, telling of course. this because this is really important. It's really important. And when you get down to the heart of it, it's taking away from people in need and kids in need. And again, I don't know where you worked or what you were doing, but that does sound like the core of what the nonprofit should be doing. I guess the best way to put it, like, yeah, I, I want the story to be out there, but I also, I don't want to affect my own personal life. Because I haven't even started it yet. Like that's why, that's why people don't come forward. Yeah, I don't want, like, like, people coming at me, people fucking harassing my phone, being like, yo, what did you do? Like, what did you say? This and that, blah, blah. Right. I don't want to, like... That's any victim's fear. Yeah, exactly. I don't want lawyers coming at me. I don't want any of that stuff. I just want to live, like, a private, quiet life. And you also want restructure where there needs to be restructure. I get it. Exactly. Like, I, I want them to be held accountable yeah. for their wrongdoings. I, that's the best way to put it, because I know they have the money. I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, like, a hefty $2 million fine will teach them a lesson. Um, but, like, it's it's basically, I just want them to be accountable, and I want them to really restructure the organization, because it's, the organization itself is amazing, and what they're doing for the community is amazing. And I just wish, I really hope they continue that mission to help the community, because as a kid, like, you know, I, I was introduced to this organization at 16, and it was amazing. I've never worked in, like, uh, at a place like that, where I get to help people. Uh, it, like, it's, it's like somewhat corporate, too. I've never worked anywhere in a corporate world, so for them to really give me that experience, like, I was, I was grateful for that. I really enjoyed it. But then as I grew up and as I, you know, spent more years with the organization and I was actually working with them full-time, um, after a couple of years, you know, after being exposed to all these secrets and lies and all the wrongdoings and just bullshit that's going on within the organization, it really fucked me up. I was like, holy shit, sometimes things aren't what they seem like. I was an innocent young kid and I grew up and I got exposed to all these things and it's crazy. It's just like, what the fuck? You would have never thought that, you know, something that you looked up to turned out to be like this. It's yeah. absurd. Well, thank you for telling this. I'm now going to pivot to the worst transition ever, which is at the end of each podcast, we ask our guests their favorite restaurant <laughs> and their go-to food. We have a map. If you go on our website, we have a map of everywhere in the country that we've had episodes, like virtually, and everyone yeah. has their favorite. So if you're ever on a road trip, you can stop at like all of these recommended spots. My favorite restaurant? Well, there's this one that's uh, in Little Italy. Okay. okay. There's, there's two. I really like Zia Maria in Little Italy. Okay. And, what do you um, get there? It's like their vodka pasta, like right. vodka sauce pasta. And then they also have really good tiramisu cake. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone. <laughs>